What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules a day smart metabolic burn by brain md can kickstart your metabolism fight stubborn body fat especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey right now save over 30 percent on smart metabolic burn at getsmartburn.com the lowest price anywhere that's getsmartburn.com don't delay transform your life with smart metabolic burn from brain md these statements have not been evaluated by the food and drug administration our products are not intended to diagnose treat cure or prevent any disease right here right now find your beautiful new floor at right rug flooring choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee visit rightrug.com that's r-i-t-e-r-u-g.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you 24-month financing is available with approved credit for 90 years we've been right here right now Right rug flooring. It's Monday, November 22nd. I'm Oscar Ramirez from the Daily Dive podcast in Los Angeles, and this is Reopening America. Pfizer recently struck a licensing deal with the medical patents pool, which in turn can strike deals with other manufacturers to make generic versions of its COVID antiviral pill for poorer countries. But when it comes to its mRNA vaccine, Pfizer has not been so willing to share the recipe. They stand to make $36 billion in revenue this year and have said that they will increase their shipments to poor countries at adjusted prices. Stephanie Baker, senior writer at Bloomberg News, joins us for the fight over profits and the lopsided global supply of vaccines. Thanks for joining us, Stephanie. Thank you. There's been a lot of interesting news with Pfizer very recently. One of the things that popped out was that they just signed a deal with a UN-backed group to allow other manufacturers to make its experimental COVID-19 pill. There's a lot of hope behind this that it would bring access to this medicine to a large part of the world. They're going to be working with the medicines patent pool, which would let generic drug companies produce this pill for use in a bunch of different countries. Great news. On the other side of things, when we talk about the actual vaccine, the Pfizer vaccine with BioNTech that they have, that is a little trickier. They are holding that a little closer to the chest and don't really want to let others know that secret recipe and allow others to manufacture the vaccine. Um, they stand to make $36 billion off of that this year. So Stephanie, tell us a little bit about what we're seeing with this. Yeah, it's really interesting that Pfizer has decided to take this different approach with its COVID pill than it's taken with the vaccine. 
you know, we've seen from the past year, ever since they read out their results from their COVID vaccine trial, they have kept a tight grip on the vaccine manufacturing process, keeping most of it in-house through facilities and their factories in uh, the United States, as well as in Belgium. And they really resisted calls to either do licensed manufacturing deals with other vaccine manufacturers around the world, particularly in low-income countries like Africa or Asia. And they have uh, opposed this proposal at um, the World Trade Organization to waive intellectual property protections on COVID vaccines and therapeutics. And, you know, they've really just sort of resisted all the calls to either share the technology or just do more licensed manufacturing deals with a wider array of producers. So I think you might conclude by that, that they perhaps have learned their lesson from the the past year, that they need to be more inclusive and perhaps have decided to take a different approach with the COVID pill. Now, it could be that the COVID pill is potentially easier to produce. Vaccines are very complicated. There's something like 286 components from 19 countries that go into the COVID vaccine that Pfizer and its German partner BioNTech make. I think the COVID pill is probably a simpler product to outsource to generic producers. That may be one factor at play. Yeah. And until now, you know, we we always knew it was going to be that race to buy up as many doses as you can. And, and we saw that with very much with all the higher income countries. And, and that's exactly how it played out for pretty much every vaccine. They, Pfizer, for their part, has started to make more shipments to poor countries, but they're really in dire need of more doses. I think uh, from the article, you know, Africa, only 6% of the people there are fully inoculated as of early November. I mean, that's almost nothing right there. So I know Pfizer is starting to increase those shipments, but that's why people are asking for, you know, a waiver of the intellectual property. Maybe they can start manufacturing in different places. I know they were trying to set up a hub in Africa as well, just to help with all of this. Right. The medicines patent pool, the group, the UN-backed group that co- that Pfizer says it will cooperate with on the COVID pill, they're sponsoring this mRNA vaccine manufacturing hub in South Africa, but haven't gotten much feedback from any of the mRNA producers on that. So yeah, there's this huge push to try to get more vaccines out. I mean, Pfizer did this big deal with the U.S. government after a huge amount of pressure on them to do more, including the U.S. backing this IP waiver proposal at the WTO, which really shocked the world that the U.S., a staunch supporter of intellectual property protections, would back something like that. It was a real gut punch to the pharmaceutical industry. So after that, Pfizer did this big deal for a billion doses, selling those at cost to the U.S. government, and the U.S. government would in turn turn around and donate those to low and middle income countries. But however, only about 200 million of those donated doses will ship by the end of this year. So the vast majority of that supply will only arrive middle of next year, possibly towards the end. You know, the production is very much prioritized to paying customers, mostly in wealthy countries who are rolling out these booster campaigns. And that's an interesting part of it, too, because their CEO basically was talking about how they sell this. And they say that they do sell it on a sliding scale, right? So higher income countries get it at one price. They slash that price a little bit more for middle income countries. And for poorer countries, they're basically selling it at cost. And part of their argument for Pfizer, they say, well, 
let's say we do give up the IP. Let's say we do let other people manufacture it. For them to ramp up any type of production is going to take them a year to 18 months to do all of that. In the meantime, they're saying, we're manufacturing this at a, at a fast pace. We're going to meet all those numbers by that time anyways. Part of me does agree with that, and I see the point that it's it's we're pretty late in the game at this point to be trying to start up new manufacturing sites that will make a dent in the pandemic as it stands now. It will take maybe not 18 months. Look, Pfizer stood up its own manufacturing capacity much more quickly, you know, within nine months, um, possibly even shorter. And they know a lot more about the manufacturing process now than they did a year ago. So we're in a different world now. And the real question is. We don't know if we're going the world is going to need an annual booster shot. We just don't know at this point. So we could be constantly playing catch up of needing 7 billion doses potentially a year to try to get the vast majority of the population with immunity to keep the pandemic at bay and, and, and push it towards an endemic virus that is still there, but not shutting down economies. Yeah. And that's an interesting. You're right. We don't know right now, but it seems like it's heading that way. We've seen studies saying that the effectiveness of the vaccines of all of them really start waning after a period of time. So, you know, the need for boosters might be a more commonplace thing. Uh, One of the interesting things, too, that you wrote about is just making contracts with other countries and Pfizer asking for, you know, the waiving of certain liabilities and all that. Can you talk to that, uh, speak to that a little bit? Because that was uh, really interesting. It it said that uh, in some cases, deals were starting to fall apart because of that. Yeah, this was really fascinating and incredibly difficult to report out. It was so secretive. Pfizer asked for uh, non-disclosure agreements, confidentiality agreements with all the countries that it was doing manufacturing deals with. So some of the contracts leaked out. We got reports from some of the countries that were upset with Pfizer's demands for complete indemnity. You know, they wanted protection against all liabilities associated with the vaccine, including negligence, which some for some countries that felt like a step too far. Now, you're dealing with legal systems in different countries that vary widely. So how do you interpret what, quote unquote, negligence means? But, you know, they did not want to be held liable for mistakes made in the manufacturing process or doses that perhaps spoiled along the way. And to some extent, you can understand that. They're rushing. We're in the middle of a, a, a pandemic. It's, a, it's an emergency. You don't want to necessarily have pharmaceutical companies not step up to the plate because they're worried that they might be held liable because they're rushing and, you know, mistakes do happen. But this did hold up negotiations in a number of countries, South Africa, Argentina, Brazil, you know, who pushed back on the kind of demands that Pfizer made, including in some cases, they were asking to put up collateral. How are you going to pay for us, pay for any claims related to the vaccine if something should go wrong? That includes, you know, adverse events from, you know, individuals who and we know the vaccines are you know, very safe, but there are occasionally in, is cases where, you know, someone reacts badly and there, there's compensation programs set up in the United States to deal with that. They wanted to replicate those kind of protections worldwide. And most countries didn't have a system set up for that right. uh, a sort of vaccine compensation scheme. And that's what they were trying to replicate. So they had huge sway over, you know, new laws being written in these countries to set up these sort of schemes. And, you know, that that caused delays. We're talking about Pfizer 
And, you know, they've had nothing but firsts in a lot of this. You can call them probably the the, fl- the global front runner in this COVID vaccine race. How have other vaccine makers fared in all this and, and sharing this? And, we, you know, what we're talking about getting as many people across the world now access to these vaccines, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson, AstraZeneca, some other big players in this. How have they fared with all this and, and trying to share their recipes for this? Right. So Moderna, for one, a small biotech company that had never produced a licensed drug before and, you know, produced this fantastic mRNA vaccine, but they employed about a thousand people. They are a tiny company that is, um, it was kind of incredible that they stood up the amount of manufacturing that they did, given how small they are. You know, they were aiming for a billion doses by the end of this year. So far, they've supplied a little over you know, 550 million, I believe, off the top of my head. I think they may fall slightly short of their target of a billion doses by the end of the year. And, you know, they, when this WTO proposal to waive IP rights came up, they said, look, we're not going to enforce our, our patents um, during the pandemic. They were sort of a bit hands off. It was, you know, it's hard to replicate these vaccines. So that was an easy thing to say. But, um, you know, and they were charging quite high prices. On the flip side, you have AstraZeneca, which promised their vaccine would be not-for-profit for the world and did these licensed manufacturing deals, including with the world's largest vaccine manufacturer in India, the Serum Institute. And the vast majority of their doses, they've produced about the same amount as Pfizer, 2 billion, just over 2 billion. Vast majority of their doses have gone to low and middle-income countries. A, lo- a big chunk of that is because of India, which threw up its the gates and refused to allow the vaccines produced in India to leave the country. Uh, as, as you recall, they had a, hu- a terrible time with the pandemic, with a wave of COVID deaths. And then they've recently said that they will start charging a bit more to high-income countries. They've abandoned that, that not-for-profit pledge, which was a, a sad but probably inevitable move, uh, right. given that they had given had so many problems with the vaccine rollout and gotten such bad press on for a number of different reasons. Yeah, and as they mentioned, you know, as the pandemic ter- does turn endemic, you know, this, we're going to probably see a lot of this and we'll see how Pfizer fares in all of this. They're going to hold it pretty close. There's obviously stands to uh, a lot of money to be made, but it's very, very complex as we've been talking about. So we'll see how Pfizer fares with all of that. Stephanie Baker, senior writer at Bloomberg News. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. I'm Oscar Ramirez, and this has been Reopening America. Don't forget that for today's big news stories, you can check me out on the Daily Dive podcast every Monday through Friday. So follow us on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcast. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula, berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules a day. 
today. Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.